J.T. Crowley is talking books. On the show, you'll hear from emerging talent and seasoned veterans from around the world. They'll give you their take on the writing process and how to create the secret sauce of page-turning deliciousness. Let's get into that magical mixture of the art and science of creativity. Here's J.T. Crowley, author of The Smart Kids and your podcast host. Hello, everyone. I'm J.T. Crowley, and today I have got the great pleasure of talking to Anthony Adams about his book, Revelations, The Revealment of the Seven Churches. Now, Revelations is quite a complex book, and it is not only the last book in the New Testament of the Christian Bible, it is also known as the Apocalypse of John and occupies a central place in Christian eschatology. Anthony is from Philadelphia, an area um, just outside, outside of Philadelphia and in Pennsylvania in the USA. He presently lives with his three dogs, uh, but in the past he has been a single parent and has very successfully raised three children with all the joys and all the difficulties that comes with being a family man. His children are now in the late 20s, and he has two older sons. And I think having had various conversations with him over the last few days, life has been challenging at times for him. And just merely to put bread on the table and to support his family, he's had uh, times to do several jobs. And currently, he is a hospital janitor and a bartender. So despite all the issues that Anthony has had to face, he's maintained a deep Christian faith. And so let's ask him about um, that and why he chose now to publishize his book about revelations. Anthony, come and join me on the show to talk to us about yourself and your book. Thank you, John. It's a great pleasure, believe you me. Um, you know, when I've read your book, uh, it's been inspiring for me. It's been, and um, I've learned a lot of things about the book of Revelations. Because when I've um, looked, I've done my own research to see the facts that you've put in there, to check them, and to get you know, to formulate my own uh, opinions of what you've said. So I've got to, um, let's see what you think to what I think and what you think. Is that okay with you? Yes, it is. Anthony, um, both the Roman Catholic and Protestant Bibles have 39 books in the Old Testament and 27 in the New Testament. The difference between the two versions being that the Catholic Bible has an additional 11 books inserted between the Testaments. Why did you choose to talk about the last book, Revelations? And because the significance here is within the meaning itself, it's unveiling, it's revealing, isn't it? So why did you write about the last book? Okay, that was the book that the Lord actually led me to. Um, when the Lord blessed me with his Holy Spirit, he also gave me a gift. 
a gift to have a spiritual insight for the meaning of his word. I see. Um, the book of Revelations, Anthony, um, talks about the seven churches, hence the title of your book. The churches are of the church of Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamon, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. And they're all sitting in the confines of Western Turkey at the moment, Asia Minor in the old days. How significant are these churches to you? And were they part of the reason that you chose to write about the book of Revelations? Okay, the churches, a church to me is actually a group of people who believe that their ways and their beliefs are the right path to God. Because mm -hmm. the church is the people, actually. Um, when I started reading the book of Revelations, after the Lord blessed me for spiritual insight of it, that vision came to me that the church is a group of people, not the building. When Jesus was here and he was teaching us, um, as written in the book of John, a lot of times John would say, the people didn't understand him because he was speaking words of the spirit. And so if he was down here teaching us spiritual things, then why wouldn't he continue to teach us spiritually in the book of Revelations? So we just have to take a more um, higher look at this than just in the natural. Like he said, here go my matches to the churches. Okay, the church is a group of people, it's not the building. Once we understand that, now since it's a group of people, these people form together a church. So a church has to be a religion. It has to be. And once I, I realized this, I started doing research and started comparing and everything started matching up. And it, this is all God's work. He led me down this path. Oh, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, the church is not the buildings. They're, they're there as a, in a place for people to meet. The church is a place for, you know, it's, it's about people. It's about the communities. Yes. Isn't it? Yes. It's not so much about the building, the bricks and the mortar. Exactly. Yes. Because you still have a church if the building was gone. Yes. Because... You need people to put it, you need people to um, be part of the church, you know, that community, as opposed just to the buildings. Yes. Um, I've read, you know, looking at your book, I thought it was fascinating. And of course, the book of Revelations is, as I said already, is often referred to as the Apocalypse of John. Of course, John was one of the apostles. So now, the, the Apostle John, Anthony, was exiled by the Roman authorities of the day to the Aegean island of Patmos. And he was exiled there for practicing Christianity. Now, the island at the time was on a Roman penal colony near Asia Minor, which now everybody is Western Turkey. And when I look at your book, and having done my own research into your points of view, there's a general consensus that John was seized by the Holy Spirit 
and received a prophetic visions from Christ, instructing him to write on a scroll what he saw in his visions, apparitions, however you want to dress them up, and then send those scrolls, you know, those separate seven scrolls, to the uh, seven churches who he thought at the time were in need of um, support and guidance and hope. What's your view here? Why do you think he wrote these apparitions down? Well, he was definitely instructed by Christ to do so. And he did send them to the churches, um, which is all and well. But now these, the book of Revelation has stood through the test of time. So have the entire Bible. And everything has a spiritual um, meaning behind it. Because if we look at Christ, if, like if we understand Jesus, he came from the spirit down into the natural and then returned back to the spirit because he came from God down to earth and then went back to God. And so by doing that, that's something that only God could do. But by doing that, he transferred the things of the natural into the spiritual, which gives us a different understanding because even Paul said that he knew the mysteries of the scriptures. So the mysteries of the scriptures are actually the spiritual understanding of the scriptures. And the churches, to me, you ask me, what do they mean to me? Well, today, I believe that the churches are the religions of the world. I think that's a good answer to, to, be, um, to be very honest with you. Um, what I, what I um, love about your book, Anthony, is how you've, set it out it's beautifully set out thank you it's very easy to read it's very easy to follow follow through it's very easy to um see where you're coming from that's what i felt um but what i liked of it especially is how you go about explaining the meanings behind the words and how they fit within the contents of the biblical texts. For example, at the beginning of your book, I'm going to go here, uh, reference 1.3, Anthony. This is in your book, so it says, Blessed. Blessed is he that read, and they that hear the words of this prophecy. You go on to say, blessed means happy, favoured, Please satisfied. And you cross-reference this um, to Genesis chapter 1, verse 22. Was this deliberate? And all these meanings and these cross-references that you've got in your book, are they you trying to get your message across to people about revelations? Yes, it is. I um, thought so. <laughs> It's all inspired by the Lord. He the one who led me back to the scriptures because his word stands. Like Jesus said, the earth will pass away, but these words will never pass away. And this is God talking through me. I believe that this is God's book and he just used me to present it. And by being his book, well, we have to go with his word. Um. 
there are lots of references in the book to the you know various parts in the bible both new and old again was that deliberate yes it was actually the scriptures that the lord led me to to cross-reference to let it be known that this is true this is him talking this is true yes did you, en- did you enjoy writing this book Yes, it took me a while. Um, it took me a total of 15 years because I had to gather all the information, do all the cross-references um, throughout the time of raising my children and working multiple jobs. So it took me about 15 years to complete this book. But yes, I did. I enjoyed it. Um, I call it my life work. It brings me joy to present something from the Lord and just to glorify him. I think that has to be a record, 15 years for writing your book, don't you? Yes. 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 I think some authors would have got an entire um, series of books out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I want to um, take you back to, um, see, as I said already, your book is interspersed and dotted, however you want to phrase it you know, with the reference points to the scriptural passages drawn, as I said, from both Old and New Testaments. And you've already said that was important to you and to strengthen your messages. And when I look at some of them, and I'm going to be I'm on my iPad here, everybody, scrolling down here. And I liked this one, and this was Genesis and you've got reference point one, reference five, and it says, and God called the day light and the darkness he called night and the evening and the morning were the first day. So light and day are the same thing. Night and darkness is the same thing. Remember in verse four of this chapter in Revelations that light has been established. This is referring to creation, isn't it? Yes, yes, it is. Yes, very much. Um, the light is is when God created everything, um, he put all the good things into the earth. Mm-hmm. And the light is a representation of the good things. I, I you know, I can see, you know, where you're coming from point, you know, from there. Um but I also think, you know, on occasions, Anthony, um, for me, in your book. Um, you slightly deviate at times and you, you go off at a bit of a tangent. And I'm going to substantiate that, everybody. Um, because towards the end of the book, um, under the heading Ephesus, you talk about uh, the temple of Artemisis, Diana. And... I was intrigued here, and I, this is something that I've learned. You know, you say, "Oh, it was uh, where they." Uh, it was a bank, um, and you know, people from around the world deposited funds there uh, through the temple, and that the temple also had, how shall I say, characters of maybe not so good characters going in there. Why did you put this? You know, why do you say this? Okay, the Church of Ephesus, um, from my understanding, is the Catholic religion. And so what I had to do was get all the history on the Church of Ephesus. 
And I also had to get the history on the Catholic religion and then compare the two to make sure that things cooperated. Um, when it comes to Diana um, and the history of a, the Ephesus church and the Catholic religion, we also have a similar person who is married. Um, I'm not saying, yes, yes. I'm not saying that they had the same ways and the same beliefs. I'm just looking at the similarity to um, prove that the Ephesus church is the Catholic religion. Because you say in your book here, and I'm um, scrolled down here to the points about the Ephesus church, you say the church of Ephesus is in Rome. You say Rome is the largest city in Asia Minor. You say in Ephesus, politics and religion are heavily intertwined. Um, And you also say it also has its own proconsul. A proconsul is a government official that looks after the country's business. Yes. And immediately after that, you don't go on to talk about the Catholic Church. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, it's 1,500 years service, history, sorry, not service. Why the deviations here? Well, I wanted to compare, um, like I said earlier, the Church of Ephesus to the Catholic religion. Um, the similarities, Mary, Diana, the pro-council, the Pope, the politicians in Ephesus and people depositing money, the politicians in Rome today and people depositing money. There are similarities that make the Ephesus church, the Catholic religion in my, um, in my vision. Um, it's if I scroll down on my iPad here, everybody, that's, that's what I'm doing, is you then go on to say the papacy is the system of central government of the Roman Catholic church. At its head stands the Bishop of Rome, who's recognized as the Pope, which is correct. You then touch on, you know, um, the, you know, the history of the papacy, the popes, and you also touch on infallibility. Now, of course, infallibility is a bit of a sensitive subject. Where are you on infallibility? Um, good question, isn't it? <laughs> yes, a, a very good question here. <laughs> a very good question. Um, like I said, when I wrote this book, I was just comparing the similarities to prove that the church is actually the religion. And I um, wanted to get that point across and let it be known because all of the churches is a religion. And my understanding is that there's only seven religions of the world and there are seven churches that Jesus spoke to and left a message to. So to prove that these churches was the religion, I had to go back and get the history on both the church and both the religion and then compare them and point out the keynotes to make to um to make the similarities believable, to make it true. And then I can go forward with the message to the churches that Jesus gave to them. And by doing that I had to go back in the scriptures and um pick out the scriptures to interpret the messages because this interpretation is not of my own what he said to the churches it comes from the scriptures itself you've done a lot of research here haven't you yes yes a lot of research yes because when i look at the book everybody um yes anthony now goes on to talk about after he's done the points of ephesus he then goes to say the key points 
um, about the Catholic regime. And let me just go through a few of them, what Anthony's put in his book here. It says, the, the head of the Catholic Church is in Rome. Rome is the largest city in Italy. And in the Catholic religion, parties are intertwined. And when I look at the key points to what you've got in Ephesus, again, you've got the Church of Ephesus is in Rome. Rome is the largest city in Asia Minor. And in Ephesus, politics and religions are heavily intertwined. Both in these sections, both in Ephesus and the key points you say about the Catholic Church, the key points are pretty similar. Was that deliberate you set that out that way or that was just pure coincidence? Well, to me, it was amazing when I did the research and found it out because the Lord led me through this. So, yes, it was deliberate. Deliberate, yes, it was. Um, also, this is what history led me to, the history of the Catholic Church and the history of the Ephesus Church. This is what it led me to. It was similar. It was the same. I mean, there's there's lots of go, lots of things going on in your book here, and um, I've certainly um, been fascinated by it, and I've certainly um, learnt new things. And that, Anthony, I would like to say thank you for that. And I think you've actually simplified the, the book of Revelations for me um, because it is a very complex book. And, but there's one thing I want to talk to you about um, before I go on to talk to you about your own faith here is the number seven in the Christian Bible, like um, in other major religions, Anthony, is quite an important number, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yes. Because I... I'm going to take you on this one here. You have the seven ancient wonders of the world. You have got the seven churches. You've got the seven angels. You've got the seven seals, the seven trumpets, seven stars. And those of you who look at the book of Genesis, the seven days of creation. Yes. How significant is this number to you, this number seven? What do you think about it? I think that it's amazing what God did with that number. Um, you just named everything that that number represents. It's truly amazing. And with that knowledge in itself, and when you go and look at the seven churches and you say, okay, are these really the seven religions of the world? Well, if you look around the world, there's only seven major religions and everything else fall under those religions. Like Christianity, for example, um, you have Christianity as a religion. But then under that, you have Baptist, Presbyterian, Methodist, everything else fall under Christianity because all of them still say Protestant. They all say we're Christian. Uh, we follow right. Christian. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yes. So there's only seven major religions of the world. So when I look at the seven churches, I say, okay, Jesus sent the message to them. Right? And he sent it in the sense that we can't, don't really know. If we just look at it, we say, oh, he's talking about this or he's talking about that. No, there's a spiritual understanding. And that's how come in the book, 
I went back to the scriptures that actually define every sentence that Jesus actually said to these churches. But why would he send a message to seven churches when there's a whole world that Jesus came to save? Mm. So the only way to reach the world is by um, talking to the religions, because then everyone, everyone is affected because everyone is under a religion, whether it's even the Church of Pergamos, which is the Satanism religion, um, or you can say um, the people, the atheists, they fall up under Satanism because they don't believe. So everybody is being touched. He have a message for everybody. So seven is a very powerful number to me, yes. And it means a lot. And that's wonderful what God did with that. I think that's, the, you know, this message that you've just said here is the hub, the nub, whatever you, however you want to say it, of the book of Revelations. And when you look at Anthony's book, everybody, it's set out in very simple uh, terms. It's beautifully written. And it's very, very clear. And the cross-referencing matches the subjects that he's talking about, the areas that he's talking about. And because when I looked at his book for to doing this podcast, and I only just took it for granted and read it, I looked at his points of reference and I've gone and looked them up and searched them. Um, you might say, well, have I checked him out? Yes. Um, because I, I needed to know what to talk about. You know, I mean, I'm a Catholic myself. Um, but I have certainly learned an awful lot from Anthony's book, and I think it's absolutely fabulous. Now, we've already touched on this subject, Anthony, because we've pre-jumped a question here. Um, so I'm going to rephrase this one, because, yes, you started this book in 2004, and it's taken you 15 years. So I'm going to rephrase this question with that. Why did you write it? Why was it important for you to write this book? Okay, that would have to go back to when I was blessed um, by the Holy Spirit. When I was blessed by the Holy Spirit, I, it was actually at a time where I read the entire Bible. I was at a real low point in my life. I was calling on the Lord. I was crying to him. I was singing praises to him. I was just calling on him, asking him, like, just to help me. And then, just like Jesus said to um, Nicodemus, how the Holy Spirit would come, just like the wind cometh and go to where nobody know where it's going to or where it's coming from. That's how the Holy Spirit came to me. And once it came and it blessed me, I immediately jumped up because I was actually laying in my bed. I'll just never forget this. I immediately jumped up, grabbed the Bible. I said, I got it, I got it. I opened up the book of John and I started reading and I understood it on a whole different level. And so after I read the entire book of John, I read the book of Revelations and I understood it on a whole different level and i started thanking the lord of course and i said lord what do you want me to do with this like you gave me this gift for a reason and he led me right into writing the book so it was very important to me um i also noticed that throughout my life um over those 15 years the devil brought up many obstacles in my way to prevent this and that's how come it took so long you know, taking care of my children, um, trying to get them a place to live, a stable place, doing all the things that's responsible for, like working multiple jobs. And time just got away, and at times I would have to stop. Then I would get rocked on um, writer's block. But I had to finish this book. I had to. I was determined, and I did. And it was very important to me. And it's like just a way that I can honor the Lord and glorify Him. And that means a lot to me. 
Now, when I look at a bit of your background, now you uh, you were the third child in your family, weren't you? Yes. And your mum uh, raised you up, you know, single-handed, like a single parent. And she did a wonderful job, didn't she? Yes, she did. Thank you. Yes. And you talk about the impact that your older brother had on you. And was this linked to you um, deepening your faith with Christ? And was this the beginning of why you looked at the Bible and then you've written this book? Was this linked in a certain way to your older brother's death? Of course it was. Um, My oldest brother was the world to me. Um, He was everything. He was my big brother, my best friend. He was like a father figure to me. He was everything. And unfortunately, he was killed, unfortunately. And he died in my arms. And I was a child. I was 14 years old. And I was actually going to Catholic school and going to church every Sunday as a mother, you know, since her children. So I already knew of the Lord. But when this happened, it kind of devastated me, took my heart. So I called them. I, um, I couldn't sleep for days and everything. And I was crying. And then one day I called on the Lord. I said, Lord, please just help me go to sleep because I know I need some rest. And the next thing I knew, I woke up. And when I woke up, I was very well rested. I slept for about almost a day. So then I said, okay, Lord, if that was you, and I don't want to test you, but if that was you, then put me back to sleep. I said, because I'm woke now. So put me right back to sleep. And the Lord did. I went right back to sleep. And when I woke up again, I said, I will always believe and always follow you. I'll always keep you in my heart because I know that you're real. That's a powerful statement. Um, Antonia, where can people get your book? And have you got any more um, books in the pipeline? Yes, I do. Um, My book is available at Amazon and at Barnes & Noble and also through the publisher, which is Trafford Publishing. Um, My other book that I did complete writing last year, and it is published by TBN, the um, Christian television production company actually took that book and published it. It's called 180, yes. It's called the 180 Day Spiritual Challenge. It is a daily devotional. It's something to do every day to build your life closer to the Lord. It's cross-referenced all with scriptures. Um, it was definitely God-inspired. He did this. He used me to write that book. And it's available also at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Wow. Anthony Adams, thank you very much for coming on Talking Books and just talking to me about your book. It's wonderful. As I said, um, everybody, um, in my written introduction, when you go on the podcast and have a look at what I said verbally, um, not sorry, verbally, but, you know, written, um, this is a crowded book. It's, uh, It's full of historical, biblical facts, references, and scriptural texts. For me, this book will appeal to those of you with an enlightened mind, especially those who love books with spiritual meaning. I found the, the textual scripts with that of the appropriately placed cross-referencing to other books within the Bible. I found it absorbing. I found it gripping. And dare I say, compelling. So all I say to you guys is 
go and read it. Go and give Anthony Adams a, a go and see what his books are all about. I certainly learned an awful lot. It was absolutely amazing. And I'd like to say again, thank you, Anthony, for giving me something to think about. And thank you, John. So I'm JT Crowley. Uh, as I say every week at the end of my podcast, thanks for listening, watching, wherever you are in the world, stay safe. Until next time. Bye for now. Thank you.